0: All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is our first actual interview with an agent. And today we have on the call Andre Zakarenka. And his last name, he was just telling me that I said it good. And so I'm not... How do you say it, Andre, just so everyone knows properly?
1: Andre Zakarenka.
0: Gosh. Okay, so close. Andre is with... Russian connections and always travel, and he's been in the business for quite a while. He started when he was 17 years old, and when he was 32, and uh, he became the sole owner of Russian connections and always travel. And he's kind of he's he's had an interesting route into the industry, and I I also think it's pretty unique because he's got a dual brand that he's working with. So he's out of the San Francisco Bay Area, and Andre and I met. I think maybe four years ago, um, at the Travel Agent Magazine's Young Leaders Conference in Las Vegas. Is that right, Andre?
1: Yeah, about so four or five years ago, something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was pretty fun. It was pretty awesome. Now we're not as young though, so.
1: I know we aged out, but uh, maybe will <laughs> still
0: take us though. <laughs> we're getting gray hairs now. It's also horrible.
1: That, that's right. <laughs> Um, we have more wisdom.
0: <laughs> that's true, and that's what we're trying to share with uh, everybody on this call. So, Well, let's see. So, Andre, you've been in the business for a long time. You started with no experience as a 17-year-old um, working for Russian Connections. And what was it like when you first started um, like as a newbie? What?
1: Uh, well, uh, I was going to college and studying business uh, for my undergrad. So... Early on, I was very excited to do all of my business skills for Russian Connections. Oh my God, I was really excited for Excel reports and uh, profit and loss statements and a dollar sold on an airline ticket means we will make 13 cents. <laughs> but a dollar sold on a hotel, we make 25 cents. So we should focus this, because the dollar goes longer.
2: Nerd alert.
1: And, <laughs> oh my god, the issues of Excel reports, the financial reporting that I did, some of them were I think genius work ahead of their time. But unfortunately, at some point, I realized that except for me, nobody else cared. <laughs> nobody else cared. That I created these intricate, automated, awesome machines that tracked everything, analyzed everything, and then the response was like, well, that's great, and put it in the binder and never looked at it again. So. That was my entry into the business. I still got excited, mostly because from going and doing the Excel spreadsheets, we also then decided that we should publish a magazine. And so, aside from my my Excel. Skills. I also got to use my design skills, and we actually um, published two magazines uh, that featured uh, travel destinations around the world that we distributed through um, our office, through events we attended. We sent them by mail, and that was really fun. That actually led to me uh, designing ads on the side for uh, other businesses and uh, some airlines and I have a portfolio now of uh, things that I did on the side with, uh, with that and that was really exciting because that got me to express my creative portion. And uh, the more I got into it, uh, the business, and uh, I realized that if I just kind of did more initiative I could take charge and I did and that was what kept me around so
0: yeah so yeah because you you'd become the sole owner in 2012 but before that you'd kind of seen the transition from um I joined the industry well I grew up in the industry but became full-time maybe around 2005 or 2006 and around that time, too, is when, like, especially 2008, when travel agencies were really, really struggling. Um, and so when you saw that happening, um, you, you'd been doing these magazines or you'd done those in the past. What kind of marketing um, did you turn to after the recession and do you use now that's helpful?
1: Well, we still kept, uh, you know, as they say in the recession, is this the best time to gather clients? And we still, at that point, uh, kept some of our press advertisements. There were some uh, publications in the Bay Area that had our advertisements, and we continued promoting them. And uh, also, those events definitely uh, brought to the forefront the importance of kind of keeping track of the clients that you already have and tapping that resource versus trying to acquire new clients. To that point, we would just, you know, have the client come in, they'd get something that, you know, disappear, and we'd never do anything. Well, you know, when the times get tough, you have to figure out, well, no, no this client travels, we have their information, why don't we reach out to them, why don't we follow up with them, we should send them either a marketing piece or an email or a phone call to see if they would like to continue the relationship. And so, throughout all the years, because at that point, the business has been around for 11 years, we definitely had a database. The database was not... uh, very much digital and so actually I hired an intern uh, to just do data entry Uh, and so that kind of started the base of you know our first CRM and uh, we use that a lot to um, promote the business. But aside from that also at that point I became more more of a you know, tooting the horn and going to events in San Francisco, traveling and uh, just promoting the brand as much as I could.
0: Mhm. Now, do you use client base for your CRM?
1: I do use client base am still probably only use Ten percent of it. Yeah. So I swear. I'm going at fifteen to seventeen in twenty seventeen.
0: <laughs> it's a it's a really comprehensive CRM, that's for sure, for agencies. Um,
1: that's right, it's too comprehensive.
0: Maybe. I don't know. Now, there's two things we mentioned during the call earlier, and that was one thing I thought was kind of unique. When I look up um, Russian connections on Yelp, you guys have quite a few reviews, and we had spoken about kind of your experience with Yelp and whether or not it was worth it for your agency. What do you mind sharing your thoughts on that again?
1: Well, the thing is, especially for the Russian connection business, Russian Russia to this day, and uh, as I said, as as somebody who's from there and very familiar with the country. I thought at this point we'd have amazing relations between the countries, and people would just freely travel between the two of them, but unfortunately that's not the case. So it's still a very uh, difficult country for people to travel to. Mm -hmm. And so any way I could legitimize my business and show that I have been around for a while, I do a good job, and I can be trusted, Uh, I take full advantage of, and I sign up for it because uh, unlike Always Travel, where people are willing to give you a chance, Russian and passports and travel abroad and traveling to a destination, that people still to this day think, well, I'm going to go there and nobody's going to speak my language and I'm going to get lost and I'm, I'm going to get discriminated against or I'm going to be hated because I'm an American. They really want some business that's you know they, know, they know what they're doing, that they'll give you the right advice. And Yelp definitely gives you that another level of legitimacy. And I have reached out, as I said to a few clients, that have wrote, written me very nice emails. And I've pointed out to them that this is a very nice email, but thank, and thank you for sharing all of these good things. But I really would like the outside world to know what you think about me and not just me
0: you're not narcissistic
1: yeah unfortunately out of my non uh, my slight begging of them to review me on Yelp probably only 15% do
2: Mm -hmm. the rest
1: of them I think maybe the email goes to spam or something I have no idea why and so the ones that do, I did find out that since many of them are not active Yelp users, their reviews actually never show up. So they're there, and I'm waiting for their for the day that when they review at least two more restaurants and or local pubs, and I don't want to be the one reaching out to them and like telling them that they really should review the restaurant they just went to yesterday.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But... I'm very close to being that person being like I remember that review that I didn't ask you to write but you did. Yelp does not acknowledge its existence unless you review something else. So can you please write about the dinner you had Friday night.
0: Here's a gift card. Go to this place and, here's a and
1: gift review card. it. Go to the local restaurant. Here's a gift card and please write a review because all I need is to have two reviews and then suddenly you're legitimate in Yelp's eyes. Perfect. Well
0: so, another yeah. I feel like another thing that you said was really effective in getting new clients in terms of marketing was you throw a holiday party every year.
1: Yes. So I like to get people together. I, as I said, this is what makes me be, I don't know if there's wisdom or just being old, but I'm in the, <laughs> I'm in the, the generation X part where I, I like. I realize that I've met. I've haven't met a lot of my clients. I've only communicated with them through phone and email. But if I can, I really do like to meet people and communicate with them and kind of show them fun things. Mm-hmm. So uh, once a year, we have a holiday party where we partner with some suppliers. Uh, I personally like to showcase suppliers that have destinations that most clients will not think about. So you know, it's not. Hawaii, Mexico, it's, you know, Patagonia, it's Cuba, it's, uh, you know, Morocco. So some destinations are, I think will appeal to the base of the clients, but also something maybe that they're not considering Mm -hmm. that just kind of just stimulates their thinking and they're maybe thinking outside the box. And also it's a very good time just to, say thanks to the clients that have supported us for all the years. Hopefully they also invite new clients so they can see how much fun we have. Because travel is one of the funnest industries you can be in.
2: I've mm-hmm. well
1: heard from other people from other industries. And uh, what's not fun about getting together, having some champagne and having some hors d'oeuvres and just having a good evening together. And I feel that that kind of rejuvenates the clients that have been us for a while. Some of us travel every year, some of them don't, but it's a good reminder to feel like that we still care about them. And some new people, as I said, are just excited to be cared for and also excited that you know there's travel agents out there that are looking to help them have an amazing trip because some of them don't realize where these people are and how to reach them. And here right away, we start them off with a good bubbly note.
0: <laughs> do you um then for when you send out the invite to all your existing clients, do you specifically ask them to bring along friends or family or something?
1: So uh, the, I actually, before picking the date, I call, let's say, the five clients that definitely want to show up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I are ask you? them which date will work for them. Because oh, I want to make sure so that the most important clients that are the biggest kind of promoters of the business are there. Ah. And once they confirm the dates, I do tell them. I don't make no, I'm not coy about it. I'm like, I would like you to invite your friends. (laughs) And I also tell them that I would like them to invite their friends that want to travel and don't have an existing travel agent relationship because I'm not there to pouch Mm -hmm. and steal them away from other businesses. So I make it very clear. I'm not looking for them to invite people that want a free champagne drink. I do want them to invite clients that they think would be a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. So, since they've known how to work with me, I kind of put them on them to be to pre-qualify people that should show up. Okay. And so, after that basis, after they've confirmed, I do send it out to a few other clients that if they don't show up, if they show up, great if they don't show up, and you know, it should still be a fun night, but I definitely don't uh, have the same pep talk uh, with them. The rest, I just want to show up and have a good time. In the invite, I do say that it's you know it's they're more than welcome to invite guests. Uh, I do want an RSVP because I try to limit the party to about fifty to sixty people, mm-hmm. so it's not uh, too crowded, and we also know how much uh, champagne and hors d'oeuvres we need to order.
0: Cool. Well, so when we were talking earlier. Um... You, you have great depth of experience in the industry, and you talked about um, a couple things that were interesting to me. The first was that you started charging planning fees way before most people did, and maybe like in 2007, you said. And then you also talked about how the, you like to work cooperative and do like a cooperative booking with clients, which I think is something agents often think, you know, if a client is saying, I want to book something online, it's it's white or black. It's, you know, fine, go book it online. I'm not going to help you then. But you look at it a different way. Can you chat up more on that, the planning fees and then the cooperative booking?
1: Well, yeah. So uh, I think around 2008 or nine, I've definitely started to feel that people were uh, very Active on the internet and suddenly all these deals become available and all these opportunities and especially uh, sometimes, uh, you know, hotel offers and flight offers were popping up, enticing them to, you know, book now. And and so I always preferred planning very unique itineraries. This is why I'm a, in one way, I'm a horrible person for Tour operators and package groups, because they always ask why I don't book their their package trips. That they're amazing, and I was like, they probably are. I just, just, I just don't want to squeeze somebody for seven days to be part of a group, Uh, and I don't want to force them to do it. I would probably book them for four days and then plan another trip somewhere else and that's just more exciting to me than just having them book a seven day trip and uh, that's kind of how I've always approached most travel Uh, and so uh, early on I came across some clients who were like well you know I saw this hotel online and you know and I've also had to explain to them uh, my methods of working And and I realized early on that there were really way too many websites out there for me to look at all of them. And I also saw that a lot of people, you know, have control issues. And I uh, <laughs> don't want to deal with their control issues. I want them to enable them to feel in control and to be searching all of the websites because it's fun for them. Mm-hmm. I think. I think they probably have a lot of time. But at the same time, I would be there to make sure that they have an amazing trip in the end and consult them along the way. That, of course, led to the idea that, well, this is all great I can't do this without charging them a planning fee of some sort. Mm -hmm. And actually the planning fee compensation has to this day been a very difficult one for me, not to charge it or not to charge it, but what is it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Originally I started charging uh, 10% to 15% on top of the final price. Mm -hmm. And with a lot of uh, clients I charged about A hundred fifty to two hundred and fifty upfront fee that was refundable if they booked the trip. If they didn't book, I mean, that went towards the trip. If they booked it, if they did not, it was non-refundable and just went towards uh, my compensation for the time. And uh, that worked fine, although. As the demographics changed, and I did decide to go more into, let's just use the cliche, the millennial traveler. Uh, <laughs> You're which, so hip. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, the traveler that tr- doesn't spend as much money on the train, or the ticket but travels a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I found there is that the since the final price was not that high, uh, the ten percent was really not worth the time and effort that I put in, and a lot of times with these trips, it was small boutique hotels it was uh you know non refundable flights, so i wasn't getting any other compensation except for the ten percent and so that led me to revalue and so for example, now I charge a per person fee. Plus a percentage on top of that, so the per person fees ranged between fifty to two hundred dollars per person, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, on top fee ranges between 5 to 15%, depending on the complexity of the trip. And I found that works way better because even on a trip that, for example, I had somebody uh, do the marathon in Disney World, and all they needed was flights there and a couple of nights, because I had, you know, the $100 planning fee plus the 5%, I still made, you know, Two hundred dollars on the trip, even though it was like a four or five day trip. That otherwise I probably would have made thirty dollars on or forty dollars on, based by the old uh, model. And uh, and so yeah, so early on I decided to kind of like be the the fee, the, the the fee person. (laughs) And as I said, I've been talked about it uh, and I've been questioned on it in a sense because some people do ask, uh, well, aren't you being compensated by airlines or cruises or hotels? And I tell them that those are compensations from them for if they do come. Which, as I said, this is why this is why I tell them it works. Sometimes they come to those they don't come. I don't rely on them. They are also compensation from for me to selecting that property or that airline mm-hmm. for your for your uh, experience versus another one. And also, then you clearly know how much you're paying for my time and my expertise that lasts before the trip, that lasts during the trip, and that lasts after the trip. And so, there's a clear. A light amount of compensation for what I'm doing for you, and that there's no hidden ledger, which I think was one of the reasons the travel industry was suffering, could be still suffering, is because there was this hidden compensation that uh, nobody knew about, that uh, people assumed was there, and when that went away, there was, you know, the client was not ready to just kind of.
0: Pay, yeah,
1: create value where before it was hidden, and so that definitely created issues
0: yeah do, um so in your office you there's four agents total, and then you have seven outside yeah. agents. Do you encourage them for their free structure to be based kind of on their tenure and how experienced they are?
1: I do, and I said so i i I tell and encourage all of them that the fee structure has to be transparent, mm-hmm uh because, as I said, I've, I've known other agents that hide their fee structure. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we live in a very transparent world, and there's enough information out there that they will find out most likely what your cost of the trip is, or your cost of whatever their traveling is. And when they do, and if they a nice discrepancy and it's not your compensation, not clearly labeled, they will feel that you are either lying to them or that they can't be trusted and why do you want to go through that, versus having a clear, you know line item of this is what the price is, and this is how much you're paying me?" And they, then when they look, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, the price is good, and mm, that's just a compensation. So that's why the price is different from you know, somewhere on the Internet. And they as I said, I've also told people that I don't know why this is true. But when people know they're paying for your time, they value your time better and they actually treat you better.
0: I I would agree.
1: When you somehow hide it all together, somehow the people are like, well, you know, um, are not as nice to you and don't respect you as much. So Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't. I could advise them. I consult them. I don't tell them how much to charge. I just say that you have to charge and it has to be transparent. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty much my my two uh, words of advice and my two kind of requirements. Mm-hmm. How much it is, and uh, that's for them to decide because one of the other things I always have told us at, at other events, I've told us to other agents, um, with everything, confidence, is, is key. So if you don't think you deserve the fee, mm-hmm. it is going to be very hard for the client to pay it to you.
2: Yes, exactly. Because
1: they will hear over the phone or in person that you're really not really confident that this is the right move. And if that's the case, you have to either you know figure out why you're feeling this way, or maybe, as I said, sometimes lower the fee. There's always, for me, for example, a number that I feel really confident that this is this is good. And that this is what this trip, uh, this is the compensation for this trip, and I have no hesitation charging the client it. And but there's been times where I'm like, well, I really worked very little, and then probably let's just charge them this. Uh, and as long as you're confident about it, the client very very rarely is kind of you know dismissive of it or questions it. But if you're unsure, then yes, it's obvious to everyone that you kind of are just pushing something that you you don't yourself believe in or are not able to justify in your mind. So work on that, and then definitely <laughs> it'll be much easier than you think it would be
0: Mm mm-hmm so let's see i I talked a little bit earlier about how you have two brands always travel and russian connections and you've said that russian connections was kind of how the business started off and then later on always travel came in as a more inclusive or like all-inclusive encompassing travel so you, you could serve a broader range of clientele with um when you moved on to always travel and added that in there what was the challenge of
1: Having two brands for you. Well, no, it was a huge challenge uh, with the Russian connections. Uh, and you know, from a, from a, just a business marketing perspective, mm-hmm. Russian connections, the name explains what it is for the most part. You also knew that the where your client is and who the client could be. So it definitely narrowed down the list of where, what, when, how. Uh, All of that was much easier with Russian Connections than it was with Always Travel. Uh, Always Travel always grew grew out of the desires of clients for Russian Connections to travel uh, to other destinations with us. And... um, Mostly with me. and so uh, from that, it was very hard for me to place off uh, of always travel, what are the destinations that I want to specialize? in. Do I need to specialize in? And I definitely had uh, a lot of issues with it uh, for many years because I kind of wanted to use the same approach that I used for Russian connections on to always travel and uh, it just wasn't working it, it just was not working because I didn't know which destinations would work I didn't uh, I didn't really have a clear favorite or a clear goal uh, at some point I had an agent who was an expert in Hawaii so we tried to do Hawaii for that but again um uh, it, it just kind of like didn't stick long enough to do it. And I also think that for when Always Travel came about uh, and when I had a full kind of reign of the branding, it, it it did became clear that the Always Travel brand was mostly clients that wanted to work with me to travel around the world. And so I realized that in a sense it became more I became the brand, and Always Travel was just kind of the parent company that was on the business card and that people saw, and is on the website. But really, after surveying the clients that I've acquired, they were they always they said that they want to work with me, and that really Always Travel didn't exist for them as much, and so uh, that really refocused in my approach to the business as, well, Always Travel is a name, it starts with an A, it's, it has presence, but I'm really going to focus on uh, promoting me to grow the business and promoting my skills of planning trips, of uh talking to people, of having relationships with hoteliers, suppliers, airlines, being in the industry over 15 years, so knowing, you know, what's the best time to go to places, what's the best time to, you know, um, visit certain destinations, how is the best time to fly, uh, to use miles, and also having a very thorough book of... You know, contacts in most places around the world and also at that point having a very thorough contact list of both other agents and suppliers that I could reach out to if I needed some advice on a destination and then use their expertise to better serve the clients that I had.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Um. I, I think I have one last question for you before we're going to run out of time. Um, you are... A, a little bit, well, you're a little different than most agencies in that, number one, you're a storefront, which is rare nowadays. And then also, you have a significant portion of your sales that come from air, and um, that you have private fares and negotiated contracts, and some corporate. Um, when you have a new agent that comes into your office with no experience, or maybe they just have experience in that, like they have a hospitality degree, um, About how long do you feel like, what's the process for training them in the GDS? Because you're on Amadeus, right?
1: Yeah, we're on Amadeus and uh, on average it takes about three or six months and uh, it's quite difficult. uh, I, I'll be honest, mm-hmm. because uh, as I said, we uh, all of the GDSs. Uh, I've, I've seen them. they really they're 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 kind of like coding. You're yes, learning exactly. you're learning a coding language, uh, and uh, so teaching people how to code, a lot of people just turn off right away because, as I said, they just want to <laughs> travel and sell travel. They don't want to be coding. And so uh, that's very difficult. And when you do teach them, as I said, airline tickets are very, um, very unique space. So we do have corporate clients we kind of work with. We do have uh, individuals that call us, uh, some travel companies that call us to book their flights. Um, but since it's, it's uh, not a very differentiated product, uh, People don't get excited for it, too. New agents that go in, they want to book the fun trip uh, to Europe. They want to book a fun trip to Hawaii. They don't want to really care about learning, uh, you know, all of the secrets of the airline business. And I think those secrets are a definite advantage uh, once you learn them. But the thing is, you won't never learn them unless you're doing it day after day after day of pretty much just going and booking and then saying no and then booking some other ticket and then just even for yourself just having fun with it and figuring out well well, if we go to this destination then what if we go to this port and uh, and I don't know as I said if maybe it takes a type of personality but I find that uh, yes the training definitely takes three to six months and then most of the people that have trained, they don't do it with the enthusiasm that, for example, I have for it <laughs> because I think it's a different change of pace and it's always fun. Uh, so first of all, as I said, everything checking, you know, comparing it to a trip advisor and a kayak, it's much quicker, mm-hmm. It's much quicker than all of those things. And then also you can – there's so many factors you can play around with that it's just – it's just fun sometimes to see uh, what you can come up with uh, if you kind of know what to look for. But definitely a time-consuming job, and also not exciting for for people that start out because once they learn, and for example, I. I I, I try to switch them over to a corporate client and yeah, you know, all you're doing is you know, booking the same flights over and over again. And they learn how to do it but it's not it's yeah. not glamorous, it's not fun, it's ordered but it's hey. <laughs> but it works and it gets the job done and then, hey. It's a very important aspect, especially um, because, especially for corporate travel or for groups, once they've done it, suddenly, you know, uh, they need to change something, something, they need to move something, and it's a hundred times easier to do it once they've booked it through an agency or then uh, than they booked it somewhere else, mm-hmm. and so... Uh, I I enjoy that space. I got out of it uh, a lot, and uh, I've done it for a lot of times. But yes, we are both unique in the fact that we do have a storefront, and that we still sell a lot of air airfare.
2: Yeah. And
1: uh, but I will be I will be honest. Airfare is pretty much as as they put it. In Marketing, uh, uh, it's close to a lot of leader. Uh, it's the service we offer. It's not, the, you know, we don't do it for the margins, we do it for the service.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Once in a while, the margins wait, but, oh, oh, you know, we and we have contracts with some, but, you know, uh, many times, especially with the non corporate clients, uh, quote, you know, the you know, they're they don't extend to all classes of stuff so it's just kind of providing the full service experience where we have the flights and the hotels and the packaging and the tours all in one spot versus you know them going somewhere else
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah well you know before we close out i just wanted to also let everyone that's listening know that um always travel in russian connections you do work with travel agents so if someone maybe as a client that's going to Russia um, or the independent states and isn't familiar and a little bit nervous, they're more than welcome to call you up and, and you work with them, correct?
1: Pretty much. And we we, asked, we, we let them uh, do as much or as little as we can. We've had cases where you could deal with a travel agent, and they tell us what they want, and then we send them up the, or the instructions of how to do it, and then we've had clients, agents that... Uh, pretty much said here's my client just work with them directly i don't want to be you know in the middle of all this and we'll we take care of them and then we send them back to their clients happy cool
0: well perfect thank you so much for sharing all your experiences with us today andre it was wonderful catching up
1: of course Always. Yeah, it's been too long. So, you know, we have to celebrate our fifth anniversary. I know.
0: I'm I'm waiting for my invite to your holiday party.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The invitation will be in the mail.
0: (laughs) Excellent. I can't wait. All right. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day. We will talk with you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye.